Good morning and welcome to High Point Church. Welcome to High Point Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. Great to be with you wherever you're watching and streaming from. Always a pleasure. Today I want to talk to you about God's purpose for your life. The mission that God has called you to. Uh, whether you realize it or not, uh, we are called to be on mission with God, and, and, and understanding what that mission is is really important. In fact, companies spend millions and even billions of dollars clarifying their mission statement, the crafting the words and getting the mission statement wall, right? When you walk into the lobby and it, it's supposed to mobilize everyone and unify everyone and it helps you understand what you are doing and what you're not doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Understanding your mission is important, which is why people spend so much money with their businesses to do just that. So as we get started on the message today, I thought we'd have a little fun. I'm going to read a few mission statements, and we're going to see if you know what company that mission statement uh, is connected to, who it belongs to. Uh, you're going to see it. It's going to pop up on the screen, and you're going to have about four seconds to type it in the chat. Okay? So get ready. Buckle in, people. It's a wild ride this morning. Okay, who does this belong to? To refresh the world in mind, body, and spirit. To refresh the world in mind, body, and spirit. In five, four, three, two, one. That's Coca-Cola, ladies and gentlemen. Trying to refresh the world. Uh, to inspire builders of tomorrow. Inspire builders of tomorrow. For those of you who know me well, you might be able to take a good guess at this. And Pastor Andy is passionate about Lego. And that's who this belongs to. They're, they're, they are, their mission is to inspire the builders of tomorrow. Well done, Lego, might I add. Putting smiles on the faces of everyone our company touches. In three, two, one. That's Nintendo. Woo! We are just rocking and rolling today, all right? To entertain, inform, and inspire people around the globe through the power of unparalleled storytelling. Unparalleled storytelling. Who is that? That's Disney. Unparalleled storytelling. To continually provide our members with quality goods and services at the lowest possible prices, okay? My wife, Amy, she needs to be guessing who this belongs to. Pastor Jason on our leadership team, he needs to know, he should know who this, who this belongs to. This is Costco, all right? Some of the, the, the team, our leadership team, they are passionate about Costco, all right? That's their mission statement. And then lastly, to help people find their happy place. Who is trying to help you find your happy place? Who else but Chips Ahoy, baby? Come on. Chips Ahoy, I would like to say congratulations. You are doing just that. Every time I eat a Chips Ahoy cookie, you know what I feel? Happy on the inside? You're helping me find my happy place. Kudos to you. Okay, we joke, we laugh, you get the idea. A mission statement, it's important. And sometimes even when you're, you're hearing these, you're like, that doesn't inspire me at all. Or that doesn't move me. Or, or that doesn't seem like it even fits. And that's 
Uh, unfortunately for a business or a company, that's not good when your mission doesn't naturally apply or you're not mobilizing your people to accomplish that very thing. What you may not know is that God has given us a mission. If you're watching today and you have put your faith in Jesus, you would count yourself as someone who is a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, then you have been given a mission as well. There is purpose for your life. And the scriptures make it very clear in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. These are the last words of Jesus before he leaves this planet, before he leaves planet Earth. Matthew 28, he says that the Bible says that Jesus came to them and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. This is your mission. You have been given Purpose, and we'll get into the, the multi-layered nature of that here in just a minute, but understand your mission set by God, by the Son of God, Jesus, as he is leaving earth, is to go and make disciples. Your mission is to go and make disciples. That's your mission. That is what God has called you to and it is to be a unifying mobilizing clarifying moment for the body of christ for men and women and children and all who would count themselves sons and daughters of god this is to bring us together in solidarity that we would understand what it looks like to make a difference to bring glory to god and to have purpose what has god called us to do what is what mission has he called you and i to he's called us to go and make disciples understand then that your mission primarily isn't to make money it isn't to make money it isn't to make food it isn't to make restaurants it isn't to make even movie scripts and, and, and write books it isn't to make businesses it, it, it isn't to coach or to sell something that might be part of how god uses you the things that you're passionate about the things that you're gifted for those are very important don't hear me dismissing that today god's gifted you and he's called you and he's 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 qualified you and he's given you all these different passions and interests but those are simply the methods and means by which god will use you to do what make disciples your mission is to go and make disciples another way to say it uh, that maybe is a little more clarifying is that our mission is to bring glory to god by making disciples by helping other people come into relationship with Jesus, to know him, to experience salvation, and their lives be moved from darkness to light. That even in your own life, as you experience discipleship and grow in relationship with Jesus, that, that your life would bring more and greater glory to God. That's our mission, to be a disciple and to make disciples. Jesus, his final words are this clarifying mission statement moment in Matthew 28. 
But that's not the only place that Jesus says this. In fact, we see this very theme throughout the entire Bible. Even all the way back in the book of Genesis, where Abraham gives, or God gives Abraham a promise and says that I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. This is prophetic words and prophetic promise, letting Abraham know that it's through his heritage and his seed that we will see God's kingdom come and people experience the blessing of knowing God and having relationship with him. When Jesus steps onto the scene and he begins to call disciples to follow him, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, as Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So Jesus, his final words are that you can go and make disciples. That This is what you're called to do. This is your mission. Uh, when Jesus is calling his first disciples to follow him, he does the exact same thing. He says, hey, look, we're, I'm going to send you out. to. If you're going to follow me, I'm going to send you out to fish for people. In other words, to make disciples, to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. When, when God is speaking to Abraham thousands of years prior, he lets him know, hey, I'm going to use you to bring blessing to this earth. That you'd help make disciples, followers of God Almighty. Mark chapter 16. I'm going to just hit you right here with it. I'm going to fire hose you with like three or four verses because I want to reinforce this idea that God has called us to make disciples. And one of the ways that we see God inviting us to do this very thing is by opening our mouths. Here's what I mean. Mark 16, um, the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, Paul is praying and he says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective. 1 Peter chapter 3, this is Peter who was called to fish for people. He says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. 2 Timothy, so don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. In all these instances, one of the ways that we see people coming to faith and, and, and experiencing discipleship and becoming followers of Jesus is by hearing the stories of other people. They're hearing testimonies. They're hearing the gospel preached. They're hearing encounters with Christ and how lives have been changed. They're hearing it. See, one of the things in our culture that we have kind of, we, we, we've gotten confused on is what it really means to make disciples. And we're talking about helping people follow Jesus, but one of the ways that we have to recover and have to begin stepping back into some of this territory is by opening our mouth and sharing who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, which is why we see sprinkled throughout the New Testament such an emphasis on praying that the sharing of your faith would become effective. 
that you'd be moved to preach the gospel in all the nations, that you wouldn't be ashamed of what God has done in your life, but you'd be courageous enough to share about it, that you would be qualified, that you'd, be, that you'd actually work on knowing how to speak about things that God has done in your life. See, people have to hear about it. And I'm all about lifestyle evangelism. I want you to hear this. The call to mission is absolutely one in which your life should mirror that of God. We should live a righteous life. Those are the facts. But understand also that the amount of people who, who aren't hearing about Jesus based purely on looking at your life, people aren't knowing the gospel. They're not understanding who Jesus is simply by people being good. They have to hear the gospel. They have to understand who Jesus is on some level so they can respond to him. So they can decide what to do with the good news. Got to hear the news. That means you and I, as we respond to God's invitation to be on mission with him, we get to open our mouth and we get to share who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Just this past week, um, there's this restaurant close by where I live called Cilantro's. And it's good, Okay. It's really good. Their specialty, empanadas. That's right. I mean, let's be honest. Empanadas, that's the Lord's food right there, okay? That's manna. And we ordered all this food, you know, and we're, you know, we're brainstorming, we're praying, and we're working through things for the church, and everyone's commenting about how much they love these empanadas, okay? And, you know, we're talking about it in our staff meeting, and then we get home. I walk in the kitchen, and, and guess what gets brought up again? My wife Amy is like, those empanadas, they just really were so good. I'm like, I know. I've told you about these empanadas before. They're phenomenal. And she's, you know, she's like, I, you're right. They were phenomenal. And the next time somebody wants to bring up, you know, some sort of uh, restaurant experience, uh, Mexican food, empanadas, whatever it might be, we're going to bring up cilantros, right? Because it was that good. And the reality is when things make an impact on your life, even small things like food, you naturally share about it. You don't have to be coerced. You don't have to be talked into it. You talk about the places that you eat and that you have a great experience at. You talk about food that you love. You talk about the TV shows that, that you're watching, the movies that you're seeing. You talk about great service that you experience at a business. How about this? Many businesses, especially restaurants, a lot of people don't know this, spend a great deal of money on where? The bathrooms, specifically the women's restroom. Why? Because they know that when people come back to their table and sit down, you know what they talk about? <laughs> You've been to the bathroom in there? Man, that is nice. Uh, people talk about these things, right? Even my own kids, my, if they go to a nicer restaurant, one of the first things that they comment on is, is what the restrooms are like. Why do we do this? Because things that stand out and things that are impactful, we talk about. And we don't have to have our arm bent behind our back to do it when it's, when it's moved you. 
when it's impacted you, when it's been a real experience for you, you share it. You talk about it. What's Jesus done in your life? Who is Jesus to you? Has he impacted you in any way? Do you have an experience with Christ? Because if you do, there's something worth talking about. There's something worth sharing. And yet many times we resist it. It's, it's interesting because I'm talking about just the natural trend that we have in this life. Yet when it comes to faith, many times we bottle it up. We get a little bit jammed up on the inside. And there's two reasons why. I'm going to touch on them right here, and I'm going to help us try to move past those today. Why? So that we can be fully on mission with God. Because as followers of Jesus, we're called to follow him on mission. Why do we struggle with sharing our faith? Why do we struggle with testifying about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in our lives? Why do we, why do we struggle with that? I can struggle with it too. And one of the things that, that I've come to realize is that we have a difficult time acknowledging God. We don't acknowledge God's goodness at work in our lives. And because we don't acknowledge God at work, we don't see him for what he's doing. We naturally don't talk about what he's doing. Even at our church, I, I pastor High Point Church, and, and one of the things that I'm privy to are the, some of the amazing things that God is doing in people's lives. I hear great stories. I hear, obviously, some difficult stuff too, but I get the privilege of hearing amazing things. But you know what tends to happen? You know, as you're cruising at 75 miles an hour, you just kind of blow through it, and you give God some, you know, a fist bump, and you pray, and you're thankful, and, and no one hears about it. There's no testifying of what has taken place. Small, big, medium, it doesn't matter. Many times the pace of our life, it's so intense and it's so crazy that we don't stop and acknowledge God's goodness at work in our lives. And if we don't recognize where God is working, we're not going to share and talk about him at work because we're not even acknowledging him at work in the first place. This past week, our dryer went out at our house, okay? Our dryer went out, and we had to call the repairman, you know, we're doing all the things. And I have to tell you, full transparency, um, it felt like every single thing in our home and in our lives was, like, breaking all at the same time. Flat tires, appliances you know, breaking, kids having to go to the doctors, doctor bills coming in that you weren't expecting to have to pay, dentist bills, braces bills, every kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, this is absurd, right? Like, I felt like I was getting punked here. And then the dryer goes out and we can't even dry our clothes. And, you know, they're literally being hung from every, you know, crack and crevice to dry, right? It was, it was crazy, and I prayed. I said, God, okay, I don't know what's going on here. I, I, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize everything here. But God, can you, can you do something here? Can you make a way here? I need like some kind of provision. I need, I need some surprise check to show up. I need you to do something. You are a God of the impossible, right? It was a weird prayer, and I recognized that. But I was frustrated, and I, I, I know that God meets us in our need. And this was a need. 
As small as it might have looked, it was still a need. And so I prayed that. The repairman comes, looks at the dryer, and he says, okay, you're going to need a new motor. It's basically the most expensive thing that we have that you can order. You can either buy a new dryer, which is only about a billion times more costly, or during, you know, because of the pandemic, we're going to order the motor parts. I'll replace the motor. It's going to be a lot, but hey, your dryer's going to be up and running. <sighs> okay. This wasn't what I had in mind, Lord. So we move forward with the repair. He comes, he's got the parts, and he's literally putting it in or beginning to put it in. And he walks out of our laundry room and he says, okay, in all of my years of working with appliances, this has never happened before. He said, I have your new motor here. I was here a few days ago with your burned out motor over there. And he said, your dryer is now working again. And I can't explain why or how this has happened. Amy is standing there and she says, so basically it's like a miracle. Yeah. And he looks at her and he says, actually, uh, yeah. In the same way that you hear people talk about going into the doctor and they've got the x-ray that shows this. And then they come in a week later or two weeks later and the x-ray shows something different, right? This is what happened with our dryer. I don't have a great explanation for you. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know what. Here's what I know. I know that we prayed for God to make a way in something as small as a dryer being fixed. Some of you have prayed for cars before, right? You've prayed for the car on the side of the road that's dead. And, and then suddenly it turns over and comes back to life. And, and many times we, we just dismiss it. We, we let it go. We ignore the fact that you prayed and then something happened that God moved. We don't acknowledge his goodness. We don't acknowledge his faithfulness. We don't acknowledge him being at work. I don't have all the answers for how God steps in and how God arranges and rearranges the pieces. But here's what I know when I read the Bible, I see a God that is intimately acquainted with the needs and the affairs of his people. And when it comes to being on mission with God, and sharing my faith, what that looks like is me acknowledging where and when God is at work and how he is moving and letting people know about it. You don't have to, be, to give some five-point apologetic for the existence of God. You don't have to be a professional pastor. You don't have to know all the latest worship songs or be able to quote 74 verses. You don't have to have any of that. You want to be on mission with God, right? Uh, I do. I think you do as well. It clarifies things for your life. It's satisfying. It fills you with joy, knowing that you're doing what God has called you to do. And ultimately for us, that's to make disciples. How do we do that? We open our mouth and we share about who God is and what God has done. What has God done in your life? Maybe God hasn't fixed your dryer, right? But I promise you, he's done something. Maybe he's walked with you through an incredibly difficult divorce. Who have you, ta who have you told? 
Who have you talked to about how God met you in your need? Some of you have financial moments where you're like, I don't even know how we made it through this. I do. And I actually think you do too. God provided for you. He sustained you. And he met you in your need. Some of you have marriages that, how did it even make it? How did you survive? Because God met you there and he restored it. Some of you, you've endured through difficult times with children, with sicknesses, with painful this and difficult that. And many times we fail to acknowledge that it's God who met us in our need. Psalm 96 Uh, Verse 2, the Bible says this, Sing to the Lord, praise His name, proclaim His salvation day after day, declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous deeds among all peoples. David's reminding us, man, tell people about God's goodness. Don't keep it to yourself. Declare it. You don't have to have the five-point apologetic the theology degree, the diploma. You don't need that. What's God done? What's he doing? How's he met you? How's he helped you? Tell people about it. Tell one person a week about God's goodness at work in your life and you will have shared your faith in some degree at least 52 times a year. You think that would make a difference? You think, that would, you think that would have a, a shift in terms of making disciples and making a difference on this earth? I sure think it would. Because we're pointing people to God. You're acknowledging his goodness and greatness. The other thing that happens many times, and I feel this, is that we're afraid. Right? We don't acknowledge God's goodness, and I'm helping remind you to I'm reminding you to see him at work. But one of the things that also happens, even after you can acknowledge it and you recognize it, is you come to the moment of, of sharing this with somebody and, and you become afraid. You become nervous. Even the Apostle Paul, he writes, uh, he's in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19. He says, Pray for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Why is he praying? Why is he asking for the churches to pray that he wouldn't be afraid? Because he's struggling with being afraid. Now, Paul's life was on the line by sharing his testimony. He could die for it. And most of us have never known that kind of pressure Right, But we still know what it's like to feel the fear of being rejected, insecurity. What are people going to think? I don't want to be the weirdo. I don't want to be that Christian. You know, when I was a kid growing up, it was, there was a term called the Jesus freaks. Right? Like, I didn't want to be that. You, know, you don't want to be lumped over in this category of people. I just want to be a normal guy. Right? But the reality is that you've been called out and set apart, the Bible says. You aren't normal. You've been set apart. The Bible calls that being made holy. Right? And that means that we testify 
as to who this God is and what he's done. And we want to fearlessly make God known as we should, the Bible says. I didn't want to share the story about my dryer. (laughs) I wrestled with this moment. Amy, my wife Amy will tell you, working on this, some even at the kitchen table, I'm like, babe, do I share this? Because I'm, I'm struggling with this. I, I, I know how this can be perceived. I know how this can be written off. I know how this can be explained. I don't want to be looked at as that guy. I don't want to be the weird person who sees the, 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 the cloud of God in everything and is, the, is kind of just the weird person who, who just can't seem to have a conversation about anything other than God, you know? And you're like, okay, can we just talk about like a Marvel movie or a sports team for a second and bring it down? a notch, right? I hear that. And the reality is, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, dude, Andy, did I do this or did I not? Was my goodness at work or was it not? Did you pray and see this happen or did you not? Yes or no? Yes, I did, God. Then what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of how, what people are going to think. I'm afraid of how people are going to reject it. I'm afraid of how people will perceive it. Exactly. And that right there is the issue. It's the main event, isn't it? We're afraid of what people might think. We're afraid of how people might reject us. And at the end of the day, it's just a spirit of fear trying to keep you from opening your mouth and making disciples and making a difference in this world. I have news for you. The amount of times that I have ever been treated poorly or rejected or or, or been made to feel a certain way because I offered to pray for somebody or I shared about something great that God did in my life. I don't know that I've ever experienced that one time. And yet in my mind, I cook this fear up about what's going to happen. The enemy loves Satan. He loves to have you live behind a spirit of fear. And if we're going to follow Jesus and if we're going to be on mission with him, We need to acknowledge God's goodness and we need to reject being afraid. We need to take a deep breath. We need to trust him. We need to trust him. There's nothing to be afraid of. He promises to be with us. He promises to give you the right words to say. And if you'll just be sensitive to him, you'll know when, you'll know how, and yes, you'll bumble your way through it. All the time. Still do. I bumble my way sometimes through sermons. (laughs) Even though I've prepared them. And yet God still figures out a way to move in the hearts of people. Because he's bigger than me. He's bigger than my words. He's bigger than my expertise. My job is to simply acknowledge him at work. Open my mouth. And tell people what I've experienced. You know what will happen? Other people will be drawn to it and disciples will be made. Father, thank you for this time. I pray even as we're sitting and watching or or however we're streaming this sermon, I pray that 
Lord, people would pick up the challenge of sharing their faith. I pray now, Lord, that we would, Lord, be moved, that we would be gripped, God, with a desire to acknowledge how you are at work. And even if we give ourselves goals, Lord, of of at least sharing it once a week, 52 times a year, God, it's nothing compared to your goodness at work in our lives. That's just scratching the surface. And yet, Lord, many of us, we've never really done this before. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us to slow down. And for our eyes to be open, to see you at work in our lives, and that we would be fearless followers of you. To open our mouth and share what you've done and who you are. That's our prayer. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Amen. Go share your faith today. Pray. And go, open your mouth, and let people know. Declare, as the Bible says, declare his glory among the nations, among your community, among your neighborhood, among your family, among your friends. Tell people this goodness. See you next week right here.